Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU and Pennsylvania Golf News Network talk radio signal coming up to you here on January, what, 3rd. Um, I'm JT, your host, and we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended this, Painted Hills Natural Beef, uh, check them out online at PainterHillsNaturalBeef.com and also Ben Hogan Golf. Um, new club selection and factory direct prices to you. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Well, my good friend and my instructor, when he's not hiding his head in shame when I'm out there with him, is uh, Bruce Furman, and he's in the studio with us today. Hey, Bruce. Hey, it's good to be here. Ah, it's good to see you again. So, I, I kind of sent you some topics that we were wanted to talk about and and part of it was uh as you know i'm kind of a twitter guy and there's this thing called golf chat and uh-huh. um it's run by some couple guys here in portland one in particular jay wallace uh but there were some great questions on there the other night and i said i would ask you and i got some good responses from the guys so i thought i would just start with this okay um are good putters born or made <laughs> well that's a that's a good question that's a tough question i I think good putters probably are born more than made, but you can certainly make yourself a good putter. Uh, you look at uh, someone like um, Bernhard Langer, you know, that he, uh, when he was younger, he putted traditionally, and then he got the yips, and then he went to the uh, kind of like an arm lock putting style. Right. And he got out of the yips doing it. Then he got the yips kind of again. And then he started with the long putter. And, and now, of course, he's he just shot 63 as a 64-year-old. And he still uses the arm, the, the long putter, but he, he, he doesn't anchor it. So you can use the long putter without anchoring it. So, so you can make yourself a much better putter. And a lot of guys have done that. But there are some people like the Ben Crenshaws, the Brad Faxons of the world that were just naturally great putters. And, you know, sometimes I think that that you grow up as a kid as a player and uh, and most people don't have aren't great at everything. You know, so some some kids grow up to be really good ball strikers and their short game's not quite as good. And other kids kind of scramble around. But they can chip and putt like demons, you right, know? Right. And so they become 
out of necessity, great putters because they're not great ball strikers. It's rare, you know, the Tiger Woods of the world where you, you're great at everything sure. all the time. There's not very many people do that because that's why there's only, you know, Tiger Woods. Even Jack Nicholas wasn't a great chipper of the ball, you know. So, um, but yes, you can make yourself a better putter, but I, I do think uh, great putters are born. The, the premise of this is they were discussing um, Lexi Thompson. And um, that's kind of the the story on her, if you will, if you believe the press and the commentators and uh, that she could improve on her putting. I'll put it that way. But my thought was, is that, um, and this is just for me playing with people, right? I think you have to have kind of a, a natural feel and a natural eye to see things like, like a putter. You know, some, like you said, I've got some guys I play with that you're playing and they're in their mid irons. I doubt it. I doubt if most people could beat them, but they get on the green and it's, they, I don't know if they don't see the contour or the feel and they you know, they do all kinds of mechanical things. Now you see guys doing plumb bobs and they're up there with their feet and all that. Well, to me, you should be able to see that with your eyeball. Yeah. Um, well, you're right. Um, you know, Lexi's, she's actually has I don't know if they actually talked about it, but she definitely has had the chipping yips for 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 a while. Yeah, you know, you'll see her. She if she has any chance to put it from off the green, she puts it. But I know she's been working on it, and she, and she's not a great putter for as good a ball. She's one of the best ball strikers out there. Sure, uh, tee to green. Um, and I I heard her talking this week about. You know, she she lost in the playoff last week, and now she's really been working on her putting. And there's some putting coaches out there that I think have helped people. I don't know who, exactly who she's working with there, but uh, and you try different styles and stuff. And usually, if you're struggling with one style, another style is going to help you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of a follow up to, and we and you know they were talking about this on uh, golf chat was. Um, should you uh, change putters like in the wintertime? We live in an area in the in the United States that gets inclement, you know, but at least you can still play. Some places, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, that's kind of out of the question for several months a year with all the snow. But I, I actually change putters a little bit in the wintertime. They're, they're still the old, you know, kind of Scotty Cameron looking type thing, but right. I've got one that's got an insert in it that I use in the wintertime because it, it seems to push it through the wet um, greens a little better. Yeah. You know, I think um, a lot of players do change putters from time to time. Some players change putters constantly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, for example, you'll see him with different putters just about every tour event he's got they usually have one that they go back to you know but to keep trying because let's face it you can never make too many putts no matter no. how good a putter you are so you're always hoping or looking for for a new one so yeah i think it's good uh, uh experiment in the winter time particularly like if you're a competitive player um uh, i've got a young uh lady that uh you know, it's high school yes, kid, Jacinda yeah. Lee, and uh, we're experimenting right now with uh, the arm lock putter. So she, she, I got her a center to place to get fitted for an arm lock putting because I thought it would really help her. And and it's it's um, 
I think even if she doesn't like, she's going to try it for a couple months. When you know, and just yeah. and and she's got a couple events she can play in, put a little pressure on it, see how it works. But even if she decides she doesn't like it, I think it's going to actually help her regular stroke too, the way she normally does it, because it has certain uh, things in when you do it that you don't. She tends to take the handle back a little bit too far and then release the putter early, and and this forces you not to do that so it takes a lot of the risks out of it so we'll see how she does but uh yeah now's the time to do it the winter time is that um jump back to what you said just a second ago is that kind of the one of the most common things with uh putting problems if you will besides you know the yips and stuff that people get i mean hogan was famous for those at the end but but when they come back and get the handle a little more forward and the on the coming back through yeah you know um putting the the ball you want the ball to to we call top spin as soon as possible you there, there's always a little bit of a skid when you hit strike the ball but you want the ball to skid as little as possible and then turn over or top spin mm-hmm. and that gives it a more pure roll and um if you're if you're hitting putts that have a slight bit of backspin or 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 you're just not hitting the, the ball solidly in the middle of the a ball, then uh, you're not going to get a true roll, and it's hard to be consistent with your distance control and so forth. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would just, um, you know, some I, I play in a lot of those shambles, scrambles, right. whatever. Right. Uh, I get the opportunity to do that. And um, for me personally, when I, I don't spend a lot of time trying to spend, study the putt first of all we're in that to play for fun right and we get all kinds of free strokes and, and right. stuff like that okay but i just tend to look at it and and kind of assess the, the contour of the of the ground as you were right and and then you hit it but i see people walking around now on the tours i can understand that because they're playing for a lot of money right and they're trying to be exact right but Sometimes I think I had a guy once in a, in a tournament like that. He actually got down on the ground, kind of that Spider-Man pose, you right, know, and was right, looking and was right. trying to do that. He still missed it by a foot and a half. Yeah. Well, green reading's not that easy. And, um, you know, they've, they've got um, uh, ways of doing it. There's a system where you do it with your feet. You feel the contour with your feet. And some people's eyesight's not that great. And, of course, of course, uh, designers try to fool you a little bit they put mounds in different areas around the greens that kind of gives you uh, like it looks like it's going uphill or downhill but it's really not so right. they actually try to deceive you slightly yeah. at times so um we're gonna take a break here on grilling at the green and bruce Furman and i will be right back after this don't go away hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm Jeff Tracy. We'd like to thank the folks down there at Gunter. Gunter is the proper way to pronounce it, I guess. Gunter Wilhelm Knives. For unmatched quality, comfort, and efficiency, and enhanced productivity in your kitchen. Online at GunterWilhelm.com. And don't forget, Langdon Farms on Friday nights, their prime rib special. Um, you can go to the website there, and you can click on Langdon's Grill. Bruce Bruce hangs out there a lot because he works there. 
Uh, how's the prime rib? It's always good. It's always good. He's it's got a smile good. on his face. Um, and if you'd like to follow us, you can do Facebook. The um, same on Twitter. Most people, what they do is they follow my stuff, and then of course that all feeds into it. So you can go to CalCook57 on Twitter. It's become quite the quite the residency for especially golf people. Okay, um, I'm asking some specific questions. Some of them I got off Golf Chat the other night from some of our friends there. On course etiquette, uh, and let's just start with one thing here. Winter rules, lift clean in place, or local rules. But I didn't realize how fired up some of these guys got about um, what they considered, and they didn't give me a lot of specifics, breaches of etiquette uh, when you're out there playing. And I know, you know, the, the thing, Bruce, and you and I have talked about it several times on the show, you know, pace of play and all this stuff, and it's like, they want you to come golf, but then they, you know, have a good time, but make sure you do it in under, you know, four hours or whatever like that. That's, to me, that's kind of an oxymoron at times, but I understand that you've got a lot of people wanting to play now. But uh, as far as et etiquette, like not replacing divots, not using the sand bottle if you got in the cart, things like that. How important is that just as far as an overall view of the game and then um what do you teach especially your younger students about that well everybody likes to play you know courses that are in good shape pristine places so when you take a divot replace a divot or put the sand sand and seed on that divot and when you hit the green and you have a ball mark make sure you you know, fix your ball mark, and if you have time, fix another one. And, yeah. you know, try to keep those greens there. Rake your bunkers, you know, so that um, you don't hit into someone else's footprint. And uh, I think it's really important to do it. And I I, I think in the wintertime here, as wet as it is, it's a good idea to play winter rules, you know, and just before you go out, decide on what you're going to do. Is it going to be a club length, of, you know, near your near your ball, or is it going to be like a – scorecard length yeah. or, you know a handle length or whatever and just play that way i think it helps play faster and you have more fun and well plus with lift clean in place i mean it's not like there's never been mud on a ball here in oregon especially <laughs> northern oregon this yeah. time of year so. you know no question that mud will affect the ball so in the winter time i think it's smart for most people to go ahead and just you know clean the ball and replace it you know place it somewhere near where you were no closer to the hole and play yeah i just stick a tee in the ground pick up yeah, the ball yeah, clean that's it, the way to go yeah. pop it back right back down there um let's talk about we, how much time we got in this thing yeah we got about four and a half minutes here uh, changes i you always see people saying i especially pros i'm recalibrating my swing i'm working you know, the swing is the big deal in, in golf, in playing golf. But I always am questionable about people retooling. I mean, Tiger actually has kind of stripped it down and went back several times. And then lately you kind of see he was back to some of his original stuff when he was playing. But is, so the question is, is the winner the good time to really try to work on changing your swing if you think you've got a flaw in it or coming to an instructor like you and saying bruce i need help oh no question i think it's uh ideal time when you can work on your swing without having a lot of pressure to you know perform or shoot a score so sure. um you know I, I of course i teach year round and and um 
I teach a lot of kids that are talented players, and you know, a lot of times they come to me right day before a tournament or something. Well, you're not going to retool that golf swing. You know, you're just no. tweaking it slightly so that they play a little better with what they've got. But but you're always looking for long term things too. Is that swing of theirs going to get you know where they want to go? Will it? Will they be able to get a college scholarship? Will possibly play tour golf with that golf swing and so sometimes you need to work on long-term uh solutions and uh and that takes work uh i remember reading in um faldo's book one time when he first changed his swing that he claimed and he probably did hit a lot of balls but he claimed he hit 1500 balls a day for about a year and a half before he felt like he owned the swing the swing you're right now very few people are going to do that. That's like all day, every day, yeah. you know, they don't do it for a living, but, but it, uh, you got to do it over and over in order to, to get those patterns and, uh, and it takes some repetitions and, uh, you know, it takes a, a lot of work. And, and, and if you do it in the winter time, then, um, you can change those patterns and you can change your swing. A lot of people can. I know it, it, that's kind of parallel to you and I talked before about, um, People staying fit for golf in in the winter time. Well, you can tell how fit I am, but that's kind of the nature of my other job too, being a <laughs> barbecue man, barbecue man, and cook, <laughs> and comedian, and all that stuff. So, and and I and I don't bother. Sometimes I get those those feelings like, man, I really want to, you know, get that, and we're gonna go get it on the treadmill or whatever. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I Most think, people are that way. They come to a golf, you know. I, golf fitness is big in the industry and there's certainly you know it's it's a good thing if you're willing to do it but most people don't have time to do it they got yeah. a family a job you know they only get out once in a while and they're doing it for fun they're you're not gonna they're not gonna go out there and, and do two or three hours in the gym before they come for the lesson then hit two or three hours of balls and then go play golf like a tour pro is going to right you know so you just gotta help them play the best they can with what they got well, and when you, um, I hate to tell you this folks, but when that old clock in the sky tells you your, your number is 50 plus or 55 plus now, you don't have the energy sometimes to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. You know, I, I, I'm not, I think it's a good idea if you can do it, if you have time to do it and you want to do it, I think it's smart to go to uh, somebody that knows what they're doing to help you, you know, do specific exercises that help your golf game and right. stretches and all that. But let's just face it. Most people don't have time or, or the desire to do it. You no, know? they don't. Um, sometimes you just, you would trade all that for that extra half hour of sleep or something. Right. Like or, or you'd rather go play golf than go to the gym. You know, well, that's for damn sure. it's, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Bruce, we're going to come back here on grilling at the green with, um, Bruce Furman, my coach, my friend, and uh, mentor in the golf world, right after this. We'll be right back. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Everybody, welcome back. I'm Jeff Tracy, and today we've got uh, Bruce Furman with us here in the studio. We'd like to thank the folks again at Painted Hills Natural Beef that helped make all these shows, this and the barbecue show, possible. 
uh, PainterHillsBeef.com, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf Tour Quality Clubs at Factory Direct Prices. That's BenHoganGolf.com. We're talking with my instructor and friend, Bruce Furman, today. Um, normally, this is the segment when I don't talk too long to our guests that we stick one of your um, tip segments in. But I think because you're in studio today, we'll we'll kind of skip over that. Sounds good. Is okay with you? Yeah. Um, what about changing your grip? Now, I'm not talking about the physical grips on the club, the leather, rubber, whatever you have. But, you know, you, you read stories and people say uh you know i do this i do this or i i tighten it i loosen it but i also you know i bend my wrist a little and i do this to me i always think of arnold palmer deal when he said my dad shot me uh, how to hold it and he said never change that (laughs) yeah and he didn't uh but he had to start out with a good grip he had what we call a strong grip, Arnold did, and the face was a little shut. And a lot of people play that way, meaning good players. And um, so when you watch Arnold play and he had that particular follow-through with the elbow kind of leaning and that's kind of the corkscrew mm-hmm. you know, finish, that was because he's fighting off the hook with that grip he had. So your grip controls your club face, your grip and your wrist positions. And so... Uh, if you're struggling with a particular shot, you're over hooking shots, you're over slicing shots, and so forth. A grip change is a smart thing to do. Go to a, you know, a good instructor that'll help you with that because the club face is the most important factor of why the ball goes where it goes, why it starts, why it curves, and and con- what controls that is your how you hold the club and uh, and then the wrist positions that you put yourself through in in the golf swing. Do you ever come across people that have a really <clears throat> strange grip, but yet when you see them hit the ball, the ball actually goes kind of in the direction they want it to? Yeah, you know, it's you, you, on tour now, you'll see a lot of players, men players. You don't, I don't think I've even seen one woman player doing this, but, um, I think it takes a lot of strength, but you'll see a number of players now that have what we call a bowed wrist at at the top of their swing, where they're, if they're a right-handed player, their left wrist bends back or it's bowed. Um, we call it flexed, bowed. And I think almost every pro that plays that way, Dustin Johnson's the biggest example. You got Morikawa, you got John Rahm, you got some other players that play with a bowed wrist. I don't know any teacher that teaches that to a young kid, that particular grip. And I think what happens is those those particular players or any player starts golf with their dad teaching them or just learning on their own, but they're talented and they grip the club in a certain way. Usually when you have a bowed wrist, it means that for a right-handed player, your left wrist is turned to the left quite a bit and your right wrist is turned to the right. It's kind of a natural way to grip when you hand someone a club and just say, go hold on to the club. They just kind of naturally grip that yeah, way. Okay. okay. And so, um, so what happens to players like those uh, players, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but this is my, my guess is that they, 
they were talented. They had that grip. They bowed their wrists, but they were hitting bullets at the target. And then when they actually did come to some instructor, if they if they did at some point, that hopefully and most of the time that instructor was smart enough not to change it. Yeah. And he just left it alone because you can you definitely play that way. I I uh, played at University of Houston back in the seventies, and the late Bruce Liskey, he his left wrist was a little bowed going back. Lee Trevino played. He was one of the great ball strikers of all time. So it's certainly possible to do that. He takes strength and speed, and I think that's why a lot of women don't do it. But uh, but I don't teach it to anybody. But I wouldn't I wouldn't change it if some kid came to me and he was playing really good doing it. I remember I took a, <clears throat> I needed some credits when I was at Cal Poly. So I took a golf class and it was basically out there hitting balls on the practice field, you know, like that. But the, the, I, I, I remember what he looks like. I don't remember the guy's name. He taught it and he came by and he goes, he goes, and I, it was always weird because I didn't at the time understand what he was telling me. He goes, you can do pretty good with those, the way you can roll your wrists like that kid. And he kind of patted me and walked on. And I had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> I still don't <laughs> because of the way I play these days. But I think that is due to some other things. But, uh, you know, you, you're talking about natural, natural movement, natural swings, natural holding the club. Um, we've seen a lot of good golfers over the years, especially some of these guys that are maybe not on tour pros, but they're in country clubs or whatever. They win the club championship, never had a lesson in their life. Yeah. I grew up in, you know, in Iowa and I just didn't have any instructor. I just watched the pros on TV and tried to emulate them. And I didn't have lessons till late way later and, in life. So it's possible to learn on your own and be a really good player. How did you, how did you go from there to, to playing on the golf college golf team? And then, um, I know you took a shot at the, at the pros for a while. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I wanted to, to be a, a tour pro and, and at back in those days, the university of Houston team was the number one team there were some other good wake forest and some other florida and different teams that were really good but wasn't as big as it is now now you know almost every state has good players sure you know, we got good players at oregon oregon state portland state etc so but back then there was a few really big schools and i figured if i wanted to be the best i wanted to go to the best and and uh it didn't turn out that way but uh <laughs> but we had a lot of great players when i was uh playing there the bruce liskies the bill rogers the keith ferguses the tom jenkins the fuzzy zellers that yeah. were on the team at different times when i was there and i figured if i played with those kind of people I would learn you know and we didn't really take coach Williams didn't really believe in lessons too much he thought teachers would screw you up so he didn't really believe in that so he didn't want <laughs> you to do it he just said go hit balls and he believed the cream of the crop would rise to the top he used to say that all the time and it, and it actually did you know so well can't, can't complain about that I guess or can't question that no um one thing that a lot of people do uh, this time of year, we've got the holidays coming up here very shortly, is getting new clubs. And we've talked about people getting fitted. There's been other folks on the show, people that represent, you know, whatever. And that's all well and good.
but can getting new clubs really take you from a a 20 to a 12 if you're a handicap you know if you're a handicap index person i'm not sure that it would it would benefit you that much but it does benefit you uh, if you have clubs that don't fit you a good fitter when they fit you won't let you hit a certain club more than a few times and, and the reason for that is the club is supposed to fit you you're not trying to fit to the club and and a person if they start hitting a club they'll try if, if it doesn't go well at first they'll try adapting their swing to make that club work right and uh, you know the old adage when people would uh, I'd say well you might need to look at some new clubs and he says well I don't need new clubs I need to learn to hit the clubs I've got well not necessarily because those clubs may not fit you and, and you're just developing bad habits trying to d develop to where you can hit those clubs uh, I've always used the analogy of uh, if uh, this dates me a little bit but if I went to the Indianapolis 500 with my car and I got to drive A.J. Foyt's car, and he had to drive my car. Well, I don't know how to drive, so I'm not going to win even with his car. And he knows how to drive, but he has no shot winning with my car. You need car and driver, a combination of both. And so, uh, like I said, a good fitter won't let you hit more than a few shots. If the club's not performing, they'll give you a different sh club, different shaft, different whatever, because yeah. they want that club to fit you. And... Um, and that's important, and it will it will make a difference if your clubs really don't fit you very well. A lot of times, that that club maybe isn't that far off, and then you get new clubs. Maybe they help a little bit, but not dramatically. But for that person that's got really poor clubs or poor fitting clubs, it can make a pretty dramatic difference. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up the regular part of the show here on Grilling at the Green. I'm Jeff Tracy, and we've got Bruce Furman with us today. And you're listening to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to uh, Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU Golf News Network, and a plethora of platforms. Surprisingly, that this morning. <laughs> um, hope you've enjoyed a little bit of the Christmas tunes out there. We uh, Nothing to do with golf, Bruce. Uh, we're talking with Bruce Furman today. We Not that we're skipping Thanksgiving, but instead of decorating the house for Thanksgiving, so to speak, and then pulling that down and then doing it, we just went straight to Christmas this year because I figured everybody needed something positive and fun. And, you know, yeah, so, so good, we did good that. Thinking. Yeah, I mean, looks like some people just leave it out year-round. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, out at the ranch, we used to, there was some lights on the back side of some buildings and the barns and the house sometimes those we were a little slow yeah, in bringing yeah, those down yeah, yeah you know maybe uh makes sense maybe july yeah when you when you were we got to we'll catch some of this in after hours too but when you were sending somebody to look for clubs by the way i did play with some ping zings for a long time yeah, yeah. Uh, i liked it yeah they were good yeah they were really good when you send somebody to look for clubs i mean 
and you're sending them to a, a, a club fitter that that's all they do is they fit people for clubs. And, and, but do you say, I think that maybe, you know, student X here would play good with Titleist or do you, they tailor made or Callaways. How, how is that determined from where you stand and then where the, uh, the club fitter is standing? Not, no, I don't really do that. I mean, um, all the top line companies make quality equipment. It's just a matter of fitting the person right with the right shaft, the right head and so forth. So, uh, they may have a preference. I mean, you know, if you're buying a Mercedes versus a BMW versus a Lexus, you know, they're all pretty high quality cars and, and but maybe you like one style of better than the other. And sure. so, but a good fitter, if you just say, I, you know, I want Titleist, I want Titleist clubs that fit, they, they can certainly fit you doing that. But a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll try different clubs and, um, you know, you might end up with a, you know, Mizuno or a Callaway or something. Sure. And, uh, cause that's the club that fits you the best. Yeah. Because like I said, I, when I played ping zings, this was a long time ago. Uh, I did well with those. What I couldn't ever really get my head around was like the ping I twos for some reason. I, I think it was more mental. Of course, a lot of people have accused me of that over the years <laughs> of being more mental than necessary. But, um, sometimes I think as a golfer, you, you want to look down there and say, just yeah i like this yeah no question how it looks to you is is important um but not the most important no <laughs> you got to get the right shaft the right head and and you can usually do that with any manufacturer um it's just a matter of fitting the person properly but if you like the way the whatever club you like looks there i'm, I'm they, they can get a club that'll fit you um, quick question, because this is going to lead us into the after hours. Do you think that uh, we give, uh, we being the media, uh, especially Golf Channel and some of the other television outlets, do we give enough exposure to women's golf, especially women's professional golf and the top amateur golf? Well, it's it's getting better. I mean, I, I, I see this. This week, I think the winner's going to get um, $1.5 um, you know, so they're working on it all the time. Obviously, their purses uh, are in direct relationship to how many people are watching, you sure. know, and so you sell advertising because, you know, there's a lot of people watching, and there's not a, as many people watching women's golf, unfortunately, as, as men's golf, and so they just got to try to keep marketing and getting those numbers up so that they can sell more sponsorships and then the, of course the purses go up uh it's easier said and done sometimes uh, i've always you know when you go out to watch the, like the um, lpj event that we host here and you watch them play those those women are great ball strikers and it's really impressive in person but they you know on tv they they a lot of times are fighting a, a major sporting event you know this football game or, or yeah. whatever it might be or they're at a different hours that aren't quite as good and and uh you know there's no easy answer it's how, how do you get more people to watch and uh you know they've been they're doing better but uh they, they could still do better with that Bruce Berman, um, you are the director of golf at Langdon Farms. Director of instruction. Director of instruction. All right. 
I better say that correctly. There you go. Anyway, you can, uh, if you want to ever talk to Bruce, uh, just go to LangdonFarms.com and go to the instruction page, and there's a big smiling picture of him there, and you can connect with him that way. Yeah, that'd be great. Look forward to working with you. Okay. Um, we're going to go head out for after hours, and we will be back next week. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to Bruce and to everybody out there. Yes, that's true. Everybody have a big turkey dinner. Big turkey dinner. Get that trip to Fangorn. We'll be back next week. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.